Good morning. This is this is Steve and Zach. We're talking, and also Kate and Liam are going to be talking. We're continuing a series where that these four senior students are sort of talking about the Zazen Sheen, which we've been studying, and also about our practice with Clearwater. We almost we almost started by not recording today. Well, we did start that way, and yesterday, unfortunately, Kate and Liam did not get recorded. So. I'd like to start with with you two giving a, a recap about five minutes each of um, what what you more or less talked about yesterday. Or something completely different. <laughs> well, I said to Liam, I said that's almost harder than putting together twenty minutes <laughs> to curate all. And then I think, oh no, no, please, no. just I am, I am. What I thought, I, I looked over this and and. Um, five minutes is longer than you think it is. I didn't say a lot about Zazen Shin, and everything I said, I think, was about Zazen Shin. I, in my understanding. So, at the beginning of practice period, we open it with a one-day sip, and I was alone in our home in Port Townsend, so he was off camping, and I was there all day and quiet. And uh, when we were all done, I came inside, and it was just me and the cat and the trees in the dark. And um, I, we're not supposed to write or anything on fishing days, it's supposed to. Uh, but I was so full of feeling and, and what I'd been thinking about or not thinking about all day um, that I wrote some things down and, and uh, I, it kind of encapsulates my understanding and my feeling about our Sangha and the temple and uh, I told Mary I was really embarrassed at how much I cried so I think I, I, I can do this today without so many tears. Um, I very much enjoyed the quiet day of practice to open this time for all of us to study together. And this form of Clearwater Sangha at Vallejo Zen Center. We are a small core group of around five senior students who have been around 10 to 20 years. And then I went and named a lot of names and Mary said, remembered a lot of names in her lecture the other day. So I won't go back and, and repeat all of those names, but I, I want, it's important for me to remember everyone and to, um, they're very dear to me, even if they're not here. Uh, I said, it's a bittersweet feeling this time, knowing this is the last time, oh, here it goes. I will travel to Vallejo for the five-day Sashin and stay in Z1 or Z2. I will miss knowing I will see Mary each fall. And I think of my relationship to the objects and the place, the finely crafted details, the wood molding and art carved niches, the gnarly old painting of Bodhidharma. Um, that scared me when I first got here. <laughs> kind of, uh, the beautiful cracked tile work in the bathroom and kitchens, the gold, Goldfish shower curtain, a 
worn wooden han, which hangs over the porch landing and the steps down to the garden, reminding us, don't waste time. And oh, the garden. Liam and I, along with many others, helped lay the stonework for the patio and the path that circles around it. Over the many years, I have helped plant and tend this garden and have gathered flowers for the altar. I especially recall the scent of the enormous pepper tree and the Mexican marigolds. I have I have grieved you. What? <laughs> Which is great, actually. Um, I grieved here and sat zazen, washed the dishes and the floors and the toilets, learned to cook and appreciate simple nourishing food. I have studied and met with my teacher, participated in monthly and seasonal ceremonies, and was given the opportunity to encounter other remarkable teachers from here in Japan. And I especially think um, when I first got here, Norman Fisher was really important to me. And um, I don't remember when it was, but I was really deeply touched by Shohaku Okamura when he came and um, was here for a class one time. And it's really true that I showed up here with a broken heart and a confused mind and and I still have a broken heart and a confused mind and what this practice has given me is the understanding that that's that's not all I am is my broken heart and confused mind I am the Dharma and I am my tears and I am the garden and Mary and Rosie all of them. Uh, the line in the poem that I kind of took as a starting point was the turning of the ancestor's hub. And the ancestor that was most prominent for me is Suzuki Roshi, which is what we, uh, that flavor of his Zen is what we practice here at Clearwater. I'm remembering the first time I'd ever heard of Suzuki Roshi, I was about 12 or 13. I had an uncle who was a Catholic priest who'd sat and with his group somewhere in the mid to late 60s and he'd be visiting once and telling me about this Japanese Zen master in San Francisco. And so his experience there. So I, I moved there in my early 20s to go to school. I saw Zen instruction and went inside the temple there and, and really Get a strong flavor of that Suzuki Yoshi's Zen teaching, I felt. Uh, that's how it struck me anyway. Um, I didn't practice there much. I learned to sit and did a little bit. Years later, I moved to Sonoma and learned that there was a Sonoma Mountain Zen Center and went there. There's that photo. It was a black and white photograph, a little bigger Suzuki Yoshi up there. And, and and the flavor of his teaching, I really felt strongly. And it had a strong appeal uh, from the first, that teaching. But I wasn't ready to really go in. 
I was hanging around the perimeter, not uh, diving in there. Many years later, I moved to Vallejo. And I wrote a little note, because there was no email at that time, to the Berkeley Zen Center to get their schedule. And along with their schedule, they sent a Xerox of this flyer, or the first Clearwater flyer. And Vallejo. I lived six blocks away. <laughs> I came in, and there he is again. There. <laughs> He's following me around because I'm trying to tell me something. <laughs> so, uh, things started to change. When I first came here, uh, Mary was dust mopping the floor, cleaning the zogotons and the zafus off, and tending the altar. And well, Mary was uh, the work leader, the copio, the tenso, <laughs> the administrator, the greeter, <laughs> the zazen instructor. You know, many of us who've had one of those jobs and found it to be a little stressful. You just think of having all of those jobs at the same time. It's a lot of work. And uh, one of the times that Sojin was lecturing here, one of his comments is, was, nobody works harder than Mary. <laughs> I could see that was, <laughs> that was the case. Um, Uh, I think it was fairly early on, there was kind of a big growth spurt. Well, the other thing I wanted to say is in the larger groups, you know, there's always a periphery to hang out in. And I got here, and there were maybe six people. I'm like, where am I going to hide? <laughs> <laughs> so, it didn't happen. And uh, that's fairly early on, we ballooned up to oh, Saturday mornings, 25, maybe 30 people in here. And Zach and I would be pulling Zabatons out of the closet. Several rules, which I think led eventually to the thinking of when this became available next door, that we needed more space, or we had more renting the space somewhere. Um, of course, gradually then it cooled back down, pretty small at times. I hesitate to tell this story for the fourth time that I've told it, but uh, on this extreme small end of it, there was a time Ron Nestor was guest lecturing, and I was married with was at a conference or something, and the only two people here were calling me, <laughs> but we followed the form. Ron went to the back, I was his jisha, came out, the bows, Colin was the assembly, Sitting upright, attentive, smiling. Uh, the incense, I went back and rang the bells to be the dough on. <laughs> sat down. Oh, that was pretty good. And, uh, Ron gave the lecture and he followed the form, had the question and answer. And I told this story uh, once when uh, at an anniversary when, when Ron was here, and it kind of looked like he was dozing off when I was telling the story, and I said, well, there's three of us, we could have just had tea and hung out. And Ron said, no, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I told the story another time when Sojin was here. <laughs> and after I told it, Sojin was, if there's only two of you here, that's what you do. You follow the form. Mm -hmm. The form supports us. It's really true. It really does. Um, I met Marilyn here. August of a half day sitting in 2008. 
It's uh, made a big difference in my life. I don't know if everybody knows who Marilyn is or who she is to my, 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 my wife. And some of the people here, some of the people in this room I've been sitting with for going on 24 years on one end and for 10 or 15 for other people. And I mean, we talk about how sitting together you get very close, but the longer you do it, the closer you feel. You know, I just, I love this saga. And when Mary was reading off all these other names during her talk, you know, this one feeling comes up just with each of these names. I won't start naming any of them because then I have to keep going on. But uh, I'll learn mostly to there in Mary's talk. So this, this temple has been the hub of my practice, the hub of Zazen. This is where my, my practice really started. I had a taste before and a little you know, home practice, but, uh, but this is where it really made the difference. This is, this is clear water, and we are the fish. <laughs> so it's easily been the most important thing I've done in my life in this last couple of decades. It's, it makes the foundation for everything that I do and, uh, and supports my life in a way that I'm very grateful for. I'd like to talk about the, my past, my present, and my future, or something like that, with a little sunset chin thrown in there. So I've always been interested in Zen and meditation in Japan. I remember even in college it was, and I know I read Zen Mind, Beginner Mind, many, many years before coming here maybe even more than once, I'm not sure. And um, the first the first experience meditating, don't laugh, was with Transcendental Meditation. I had a, a, I think it was a bond that my grandparents gave me that I cashed in and paid $125 to get a mantra that I was supposed to repeat over and over for 20 minutes, twice a day. And uh, that wasn't very satisfying. And then probably in 2007, I went up to, oh, I went out, went out to, at the time of the first meditation. My kids were real little. I was working like a maniac. And later, I think in like 2007, my kids were out of the house. I was self-employed. Um, I was no longer working insane hours. And I went up to Sonoma Mountain Zen Center and uh, with a group of people got a lesson in Zazen. And uh, I remember this giant room that filled up with people and it was a lecture. And I never went back. I just I think I was looking for something more intimate. And so, you know, something like six months later, I came here and this guy, Liam, gave me a, my Zazen lesson one-on-one. -on -one. That was more like what I was looking for. And I remember beforehand sitting in the um, community room and Mary came in and said, 
You know, in Zen, there's a lot of forms, but don't get hung up by all the forms. <laughs> and it's been, I think, 15 years I've been here. And I would echo Liam that sitting with people really, first of all, is so much better than sitting by yourself. Like my experience with transcendental meditation on the deck, sitting by myself. It's very powerful. And when I think about even today, I have a hard time answering the question, what brought me here and why, am, why do I keep coming? I, mean, I don't think I'm a great student, but I, I'm persistent at least. <laughs> that seems worth something. And, or at least when I think about it, I think I have a different answer every time I think about it. And I, I heard another one yesterday when we were chanting the Mitta Sutra. Opening line. This is what should be accomplished by the one who is wise, who seeks the good and has obtained peace. Maybe I'm looking for peace. I don't have a harsh life or anything, but I think reading Suzuki Roshi, hearing lectures from Mary and others, and just walking in the door, you know, I can go, oh God, I'm late, and I rush to get here, and as soon as I walk in the door, so maybe it is peace. I like to think that I have achieved some of that here with the call of your help. And one other thing about the present, in Sasan Shin, talks about non-thinking. And I, I think about it a little differently. I mean, there is non-thinking. It's <laughs> in the Dogen sense. But, you know, I'm kind of a person who is analytical. I like numbers. I like things to, you know, line up right and everything. But I think over time, practicing here, I have started using my heart, or maybe it's my spleen, I'm not sure which organ it is, instead of my head. And I notice that I, you know, like going to the movies, I get weepy at things. I never used to do that. And, you know, as they say, I don't believe in coincidences. But, you know, part of it might be getting old and sappy, but I think I just, I'm a little more vulnerable than I was before. And I attribute that on some level to practicing here. And sometimes, like music, will just get me. So I'd like to read a verse. Is that okay from a song? I think it's up to you. Okay, the song is Simon Garfunkel, The Boxer, okay, which I've heard tons of times, but Lately, every time I hear it, I just get um, very emotional. So I'm going to read the stanza first that gets to me, the last one. And um, I think reading it won't bother me, but hearing it on the radio does. Okay, so. In the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade. 
and he carries the <laughs> and he carries the reminders. Okay. I don't think okay this would happen. I'd just like to cry. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> of every glove that laid him down, or cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame. I am leaving, I am leaving, but the fighter still remains. Thank you, Mary, for helping do this kind of stuff. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to my future in um, practice. I'm not sure what it's going to be. Hoping to do a little exploring. By the way, not only is Mary retiring, but I'm retiring at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And um, excuse me, I'll believe it when you do it. <laughs> no, I'm. In fact, one of my clients is having a. Anyway. So I'm hoping to do a little exploring on my practice. I mentioned to Leslie and Jake the other night that I may show up at Berkeley Zen Center once in a while, maybe at other places. And I'm not even going to think about it till January, but we'll see what happens. But I'll definitely be coming in the morning. I was telling somebody, who knows, I may be there more than I was before. But recently I've been thinking about things that I'm going to maybe never do again. Like Saturday mornings, I'm always the doan, and I sit in that chair, and I sit down and I look at Bodhidharma, and I sort of wink at him, <laughs> and I say hello to Dogen, and Suzuki Roshi, and Sojin. And I just kind of feel settled. And in a not too distant future, I'm not going to do that again. I mean, maybe I'll come over if they're still up. But um, <laughs> I would love to have company in the morning if you want to come by. And I don't know if I'll ever be a doan any place. I mean, I guess in the morning, maybe I can, Bill will let me bang the bell. Or do the Han, or uh, the Makogio, or cook, or serve, like we're going to do today. You know, those may be things that I once did, but I don't get to do again. And I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if that makes me feel sad. I like to think, hey, it's just change, and we'll see what happens. I don't know if I'll ever chant the Buddha's ancestors after here. But I think my practice, I, I'm looking forward to the journey. And there's a little fish in the clear water. I hope there's still a few, <laughs> few more uh, miles of swimming to go. Thank you. Well. Well, it's a short performance. I say these are tough acts to follow. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. I don't think of myself as a sentimental person, but I think that's more about uh, not not crying when I'm speaking. That makes me think that. But I've really changed. 
basically I didn't even realize I had emotions before I started practicing Zen. Um, like basically it was, um, uh, and uh, Zen isn't isn't all that well known for bringing us to our emotional attunement. So I, I give this particular song and Mary a lot of credit for that. Um, I started at okay, like Liam and Zach, my first taste was Snowy Mountain Zen Center. <laughs> And um, I went also once, and uh, it was it was uh, I was I guess starting the junior college probably I was just out of high school. I went with a friend, and I probably had five dollars in my pocket, um, which was supposed to last me all week. That that kind of time in my life, and um, uh, got Zazen instructions, and in this big group was amazed at how people were able to just sit still, and. I was, you know, while I was sitting, I was kind of looking, going, wow, that person's back's really straight. You know, how are they doing that? I remember that there was a lecture where, um, and I probably could look him up. I didn't even, I didn't realize I was giving this lecture, so I didn't look anything up. But uh, yeah, the, um, who, the man who identified himself as the Roshi who was teaching there said, I remember in this lecture, he said, Sunday, you will encounter yourself. Won't be much. <laughs> that, was, that was Bill Kwan. Oh, okay. Uh, after that, it was going to be his birthday, but like I said, um, they, I had $5 in my pocket. It was um, uh, lunch where they asked for a donation. I was too shy to ask to be given a free rider or to even ask my friend if he had the money to and on the way home, we were talking to each other, going, I wonder what the Roshi's birthday would have been like. And I sort of had that small regret of not having uh, joined, you know, where I could have gotten to know a little bit about the people and, and see what the way Zen people celebrate. Well, I guess I got to know that over the years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I found out that, so uh, fast forward many, many years later, I started at Berkeley Zen Center, and uh, that was actually at the urging of, of my wife, who's here, Chie. Um, we, we had talked about Zen because I had read a lot of it in many years, and I think that um, after a period of some turbulence in our lives, I'd just gotten out of law school at the worst legal recession um, that had been known in our lifetime, probably, or, uh, or since I was of working age, I should say. Um, or since I could have worked in the law, that's probably how I should say it, since I've been able to get legal work and was um, aware of it, and I, I, I had to settle for something that wasn't really, it was barely paying the bills, even though I enjoyed the work, and um, we were both pretty depressed, and I was in a lot of debt for my student loan, and she said, I want to meditate. I feel like I need a place to meditate. Let's go to some traditional Japanese place. There's this place called Berkeley Zen Center, and we went. And um, God's eyes in instruction, and we both stuck around for some time, and I stuck around even longer. There was something missing in that I felt like I was, um, I don't know, what, what was it? It was just like maybe too large, maybe the Berkeley vibe didn't sit right with me, something. I mean, the place was fine. I loved the garden. I really enjoyed Mel's teaching, uh, Mary's teacher, Mel. And uh, so there was no specific complaint, but just it didn't feel quite right. Luckily, Mary lectured there a couple of times. My wife and I happened to move um, from closer to Berkeley to a little closer to Vallejo. 
I thought this is a great time to really check out the Leo Zen Center more. And, and I knew that Mary was the teacher. So from the moment I, I walked in, I remember feeling welcomed. I remember feeling that the self the self-confidence that I feel like I have and sometimes project, I felt like it was welcome here. Like I didn't feel like I had to like suppress myself. I'm very good at that anyway, but I didn't feel like when I felt like that wasn't that wasn't the way of things here. I felt like I was welcome to be who I was. I remember I I'm also tempted to talk about a lot of the people from the past, but I think I'll just um, mention one or two. Um, and anyone who's excluded, please. I'm just really I have to focus on some people. But uh, Don Sharp, I remember was um, he. He was such a strong work leader, such a wise person. I didn't realize how wise he was because he's so understated. You know, he just, he comes, he, he had a, maybe still has a cane. He's still alive. So when I say had, I mean, when I practice with him, I haven't seen him for some time. So I'm, oh, anyway, um, he, he had at the time a, a cane with a picture and a sticker of Eeyore on it. And that was his way of like sort of self, self-referential humor, but that he sort of realized that he had this uh, persona of Eeyore that, oh, I lost my tail again. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, I just loved him. We became, um, we became friends later. He became sort of a, a mentor to me. We met for long after he was um, not practicing as much because uh, he had mobility issues. He could still drive in town where he lived in Walnut Creek. And I worked in Walnut Creek, so we used to meet like once or twice a month um, at a restaurant. And that was really nice. I think people thought he was my grandfather because, you know, we, the people at the restaurant thought he was my grandfather. Um, people who knew us, uh, I got that impression. And I felt I was okay, I was okay with that. But um, uh, there is... Let's see how much it doesn't matter it doesn't matter all right no uh, you could go at the, no, maybe until 11 or okay. a little after but i can do that <laughs> yeah i guess i'll i'll tell this the story i i want to tell a the story about about don and um my experience here is that that there was a morning when we were cooking it must have been for a sashimi and we were cooking and neither one of us could decipher what the recipe said. It was in, it was in handwriting. And um, it looked like it said one cup of salt oh, yeah. to go with the oatmeal. Oh, and, and, and I said to Don, that can't be right. And Don said, well, that's what it says here. And I said, why didn't I ask to Tenzo? That was the Tenzo at the time with Valerie. And he said, no, she's sitting. You shouldn't bother her. <laughs> <laughs> and Don, he was a very kind man, but he also has a military background. And so I kind of took that seriously. But I also was, and, and I also thought, okay, what now? And then I thought about this, um, this Zen story. It's probably, a, I don't know if it's a koan or what. Again, I didn't look up anything before I spoke today. So I can't give you the name and chapter and verse, but there's, there was a Zen story that popped into my head at that time about a, uh, a, an abbot, an old abbot, who um, would always make them serve uh, these pickles that had become rotted. 
And one day the students said, let's just, just bury them. Just bury them, bury those pickles. And they, they did. The next day they found that they were being served the pickles. <laughs> the abbot had dug them up and made them serve the pickles. And I thought, okay, I don't know this place very well. Berkeley is fairly hierarchical and strict. Don seems fairly strict. All right, I'll go with it. <laughs> I remember that when the oatmeal was served, that people are starting to put their gamachio on it. And I thought, and I didn't put any on mine. And I thought, is this going to even be edible? <laughs> it was not. <laughs> it was not edible. Uh, somebody suggested, why don't we put more water on it? And I remember doing all I could not to do, put my head in my hands and thinking, why did I let this happen? I remember Mary proclaimed, this is not edible. Mm -hmm. Let's get the French bread from your freezer. <laughs> and that was great. The French bread was wonderful. <laughs> uh, but there's a, but it's interesting. So, and then that was the first time probably that Mary had scolded me. And Don had told me, he said, you're fine. You come out, you're coming out fine. You're just obeying my orders. Or <laughs> and, and Mary sat both of us down and said, what were you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? Not thinking. Not yeah. thinking. <laughs> and I remember wanting to tell the story of the pickles, but I thought that sounded so lame, even in my own mind at that moment, mm -hmm. that I just had a shy attack and I said, I was really embarrassed. No, what were you thinking? I was embarrassed. <laughs> anyway, that was how that went. But, but ironically, that was something that showed me, again, you can be who you are here and you better speak up if you see that the, someone's going to ruin the food. <laughs> so, and um, I don't know how, but somehow I became tenso even after that incident. <laughs> it just proves that the practice position is not because you're good at something, it's because you need the experience. And boy, did I need it. Um, another way that we um, brought in and that for me was a way of like opening up was um, was that we have check-ins um, before full moon ceremonies, which um, Berkeley Zen Center didn't do. I don't think Berkeley did a lot of check-ins at the time. I'm not sure about now. COVID changed a lot of places, so they may have they may do more check-ins now. The check-ins are are times where um, we can where we can say what's in our heart, and um, that has become easier, more natural to me. And in fact, I feel like it started my sort of uh, my bullshit detector tended to in the past be mostly about is somebody telling the truth, um, but from something verifiable. And now it's, I feel like I can tell when I'm not telling the truth. And I feel like I can tell somewhat when other people aren't. It's not that I can tell, it's not that I think somebody's lying, but you know, if somebody's not opening up, I, I can, I can feel it. And that's been a, a big change. And uh, to want to open up and want people to open up and be who they are and who we are. Uh, one more quick shout out to, to Valerie, who was the Tenzo at the time, is that we had a, um, we, we recently had bought a house, uh, maybe, a, yeah, shortly, after, shortly before I came to um, Vallejo, we, we, my wife and I bought a house and um, had, we invited um, the Sangha from Clearwater to come and uh, be part of our house blessing ceremony, which Mary partook in, and that other people partook in. And uh, it was 
And Valerie's gift really touched my heart. It was um, a, a nice um, wooden box that I still have on my altar. And the box had these house blessings from all over the world. And that was, that was so sweet. And we were sitting around and Mary sort of, I don't know, sort of naturally took charge and asked um, how we feel about, um, about the new house and our new settlement being settled. And that was just one of many instances where I've been encouraged to open up and, uh, and to receive people's generosity. And I'm, I'm still not great at receiving generosity. Certainly because of being here and, and, and all the Zazen. I, I can't forget it's the, the Zazen is, is, um, without the Zazen, I, you know, I've, I've been to churches. I've been to places where people had encouraged me to open up, but I, had no reason to open up. Dozen ultimately was the teacher. And it was uh, started with um, suffering with wanting life to be a little bit better, feeling like um, at, uh, at the time I started at Berkeley that maybe there was some way to, I don't know, be with those difficult emotions to learning through Zazen it's, um, as it says in the Zazen Shin, here's my obligatory reference to it, um, <laughs> that, uh, that Mazu was um, sitting trying to become a Buddha, and his teacher um, said, uh, started polishing a tile, or he was banging a tile, and uh, I think you all know the story, but uh, he, and Mazu said, was trying to sit, and he says, what are you doing? And the teacher says, I'm making a mirror. Mazu said, you can't make a mirror by polishing a tile. Or how can you do that? I think he said, how can you do that? And the answer was, how can you become a Buddha by sitting Zazen? I don't know. I don't know how sitting Zazen allows one to open up. But I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity that Clearwater has given me to, to do this and to open up. There, I thought I couldn't get emotional. I'm not going to cry though. That's, that's it, it's 11. Wow. So does anybody have any, any questions or anything to add? Or? I'm wondering something that you gave me one time. Okay. Talk loud enough. So. This. Oh. What is a heart? Is it more than that to me? It's mm -hmm. the hand that just gives and receives and holds and then needs to let go to all of that. So that's how I feel here. And it comes up sometimes when I'm sitting. Uh, I remember Mary doing that and crying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's all. That's what I think of as you're talking. The, the story, by the way, is from Crooked Cucumber. It's a Suzuki Roshi story. Is a, a when he was a, a student, oh. and as I recall, at the end, he said that that he learned something about acceptance because he just ate the pickles. <laughs> <laughs> because I, it became clear yeah. that they were going to keep coming back until they all <laughs> ate the damn pickles. Yeah. yeah, totally different message of the story than the one that I I 
what I had at that time. <laughs> no, it, it's 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 not. It's your story now. Yeah, yeah. He's not here. Well, yes, he is. No, I, I mean it's it's at the time that I was justifying not arguing with Don about the salt. I think that that I got I took the wrong message from that story. Uh, yesterday, did I cook yesterday? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cereal had what was it like a cup and a half of cereal and a cup of salt. I had a C salt. You sure it wasn't a, a T? I bet you that you saying a T and it just didn't cross the T that well. Oh, yeah, that could be. A, a lowercase T is a teaspoon. The uppercase yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's well, the case of my story. That's yeah, that was my story. The case of my story. Let me find out later. <laughs> and what Mary always says to me when it is, trust yourself. Yeah, and, um, I, I mean, I couldn't for a long time. I didn't, and um, I do more now. Not completely, but. Yeah, it shows. You can, I can feel it that you, know, you may come to ask me something, but you often already figured it out, or you don't bother asking because you figured it out. Your self-confidence about it is growing. Thank God. <laughs> I say the same. <laughs> if not now, when? <laughs> well, Mary... And I had some things to talk about that weren't Dokus on, and, and we did that. And then she always brings it back, and she kind of caught me off guard. And she said, "Well, so how's your sitting? How's Zazen?" And I, for, I thought, "Well, I don't know. I'm busy." <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I won't go into all I said, but I, I've been. It, it made me. It brought me back. And it's like, oh, right. That's what I'm doing here. <laughs> That's what I'm doing here. And it, and it just got me to pay attention. And, and I, when she would ask me that question in the past, I thought it was about my experience on the cushion. And as I've been thinking about it, we talked about in the Zazen Shin, the merging and non-merging and the pervasive. It's like Zazen has pervaded my experience. So my experience in the kitchen is different. My experience when I go out on break and walk around here is different. And I hesitate to try and describe it because it sounds corny when I describe what I feel. Everything's so, colors are vivid, more vivid. I notice the light catching the leaves. I hear Rosie before she's there. Just one more thing I wanted to say is I happened to glance over yesterday when Liam came back to the Zendo and I saw him do this. And he didn't have his rakasu. And then he just went back. Rakasu. And, um, and I thought, yeah. <laughs> and when I sit down, and, and later on, 
that day I came to my seat and I sat down and I went like this. Hmm. I kind of... Can I say that it's wonderful seeing you guys in your green rock suits? I keep noticing it. And I notice you in blue rocks. We had a little what to do with your wakasu when you bowed down all that way. It was helpful. <laughs> I've been wearing a rakasu a lot. And uh, it's, it's an adventure bowing with one. I mean, you could put it, put it out of the way as you start the bow, but from my experience, it always sort of flaps out once I get down. So then I have to, and then I try not starting that way, just forget about it and get down there and then put it away, but then that feels good. Yeah. It, but it used to be automatic, and it's just that I don't do it enough anymore. It's not automatic anymore. It's just, just, there's no way that's, there's no way that's not awkward. Seemed like I used to be able to just do it, but I was up really late last night working really hard. Probably worked over sixty hours. Just, just I can I'm, I'm very tired. I, I, please speak loud enough. Yeah. So I was up till one thirty. I'm still working. Oh. And um but I'm going I'm like sit up straight, you know, breathe. I had to fire three people this week and and um, deal with that and had someone harass me and I had to wipe that up. Yeah, it's this very rough week, and I'm going to be promoted, <laughs> and that's numbers and and yet my heart is breaking, and I'm going set up straight. It's awesomeness with me. It's with me. It's there, and you're all with me. And I felt you sitting, and I still feel away from you because I'm not as advanced at all. And but I want you to know that you have an impact. It's awesome. It's this strange kind of torture. <laughs> and then he had a blessing and um, I'm so grateful and I just want you to know because I'm not around a lot that it's an imprint and it's always with me and I'm very grateful and so it was set up straight where's my body I can do this <laughs> I can feel the pain. I was thinking about about Kitusha and all the arms and the heart and and as things were coming to let them go again. Then this person, you know, you can have disability. You can have unemployment, and like I think I'm compassionate, but but yeah, I'm doing this, you know. And so Zazen helped me go, I can have this compassion right in this moment. I can be present and I, and I know I care and that's all I can do. I can care for myself too. You know. And so the practice is a strange kind of torture. <laughs> Thank you. On that, on that note, shall we?
I know this stuff, but it's supposed to be our hands. These are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. The beings are numberless. I vow to save them. The beings are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it.